Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. Here's a joke that's suitable for mixed crowds. The disciple approaches the master and says, Master, what is fate? And the master says, Disciple, it is that which causes a man to travel a great distance with a heavy load upon his back and which causes a road to spring up under his feet, and which causes inns and public houses to spring up alongside that road to stave off hunger and weariness and thirst. And the disciple says, Master, that is fate. And the master says, Fate? I, th- I thought you said freight. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano, and welcome to the Dinner Party Download, the show that gives you talking points and bon mots to help you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker today came from our guest of honor, nerdcore superstar MC Frontalot. You'll be hearing from him later. But first, as with any dinner party, we start off with small talk. You're going to be talking about the week's news at this weekend's party. Who better to tell you which news is worth bringing up than the people who report it? So as usual, we talk to our colleagues over at Public Radio's business show, Marketplace. Sean Cole, public radio rock star and uh, <laughs> correspondent and reporter for Marketplace. What's the story that you're going to be talking about this weekend? Man, my parties have already started. It was I was talking about this last night at a dinner party. So, like, the class of 2008, you know, they, they all got these jobs at, like, Lehman and Merrill Lynch. And then now they're all like, you know, are we going to have jobs? So... All of these MBA schools are basically like deploying the super friends of career services counselors <laughs> to like go and meet with these newly minted and, and very troubled alumni. Dude, how come they never did that for us English majors? No, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I want I want somebody, if I lose my job as a reporter, I want, you know, my professor who taught me poetry to fly down and say, you know, it's okay. <laughs> like, you could write greeting cards. Nate DeMeo, you are doing some special reporting for Marketplace. What is the news story you're going to be talking about at your dinner party this weekend? I've been spending my time looking at the differences between the Depression and now, and I entered the week thinking that that was kind of a bogus comparison. What I'm learning is FDR came in and swept away decades of conservative laissez-faire thinking that feels a whole lot like Reaganism to me. People are telling you this economic crisis could wipe away Reaganism? It has the potential to. Well, see, that's not so bad. I thought you were going to say, actually, it's a lot like the Depression in that we're all going to get wiped out. You will probably not have a job, Rico, but that just has to do with talent alone. Stacey Vanek-Smith, senior reporter for Marketplace and sometimes host of Marketplace Morning Report. My story of the week is there is a bar owner in Chicago drawing crowds with a naked portrait of Sarah Palin that he painted. Is that, was that a political statement? No. In fact, he said he didn't see how she could be offended because, quote, I made her into a sex figure. In the portrait, she is wearing her trademark hairdo, holding an automatic rifle, and standing naked on a polar bear skin rug. He doesn't know why she would... She's a fairly conservative person. Apparently, he thinks that making her into a sex figure would be what she would want. There's another caveat to the story, which is that his daughter posed for the painting. Apparently, she looks like Sarah Palin. It just gets better and better. (laughs) Family values. And now, time for cocktails. This is where we tell you something that happened this week in history, and afterwards we give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's our history lesson with booze. First, the history. This week back in 1940, America's first superhighway opened for service, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Now, most folks at your dinner party will know the Turnpike is in Pennsylvania. Eve Tro tells us a few things they won't know. 
The Pennsylvania Turnpike, piercing the Allegheny Mountains between Harrisburg and Pittsburgh, is one of America's spectacular road-building feats. The Highway of Tomorrow. Hey, the guy's right. All 160 miles of the Pennsylvania Turnpike was built in 20 months. Towards the end, workers slapped down three and a half miles of concrete per day. How'd they do it? The Great Depression helped. FDR thought the project would create jobs, so he threw 70 million bucks of taxpayer money at it. Today, that'd be 1.1 billion. Most highways were built to cut down on speeding, but the turnpike aimed to get people places fast. It had bank curves and no steep grades. When a hill near Everett, Pennsylvania got in the way, engineers just carved a million cubic yards of rock right out of it. That's called a highway cut, and it was the deepest of its day. The coolest thing about the turnpike was also the scariest. No speed limit. Some maniacs did the whole 160 miles in less than two hours. That lasted about a year. Then World War II broke out, and the government imposed a nationwide speed limit of 35. You can go faster on the turnpike these days, but you might want to try an alternate route. Even though pro-truckers voted it the most improved road of this year, it's still number two on their list of worst roads in America. That was the history lesson. Now it's time for the booze. I'm joined now by Carolyn Derrick. She's a bartender here at Sharky's in Edgartown, Martha's Vineyard, where it is after hours. Carolyn, what cocktail does our history segment inspire you to make? Well, uh, when you, you mentioned this time era, when happy hour really became a thing in America. So you think of the classic drinks, you know, the martinis and such. Uh, however, when you think about the road aspect of everyone hitting the highways, I thought of being on the road and of course, Jack Herrick's famous novel. Yeah, and he actually wasn't shy about drinking, if we, anyone who's read his novels can attest. True. In fact, there was a quote, he said, don't drink to get drunk, drink to enjoy life, which kind of ironic since he died at 47. But uh, there's a Jack Kerouac cocktail. There are variations, but two ounces of rum, one ounce of tequila, and then orange juice and or cranberry with some lime. Delicious. That, that sounds delightful. You know, it occurs to me, uh, talking to you about these cocktails, that these guys who built the Pennsylvania Highway were certainly not spending the end of their days sitting around drinking Kerouacs with their pinkies out. I don't think so. <laughs> Probably more like an Iron City beer. You can find the recipe for the Jack Kerouac cocktail, plus recipes from all our previous shows, on our brand new website. It's dinnerpartydownload.com. Our guest of honor this week is MC Frontalot. This week he, quote, pre-released his new album, Final Boss. That means you can buy and listen to it online before it hits stores next month. And MC Frontalot, this year you also appeared in the documentary Nerdcore Rising about yourself and the brand of rap you founded. Nerdcore hip-hop, that's right. Indeed, and you've been touring around a lot. So our first question, as always, is what question are you sick of being asked? You mean like in interviews and such? Yes. Without fail, they ask me, what is nerdcore hip-hop? Pretty much if you can't parse it out from uh, the words nerdcore hip-hop, then you're probably not in the target demo. Nerdcore used to be just a made-up word. MCs shied away from belief. Rest assured, they sleep hard. No longer we deliver the hits. I give the kids with the spectacle spectacular fits. I seen one nerd foam up the mouth in his glee. He was me in the mirror, rhyming, brushing my teeth. And now the hazy weasel off. Don't babble 300 bar. I get no error while compiling my rhyme. I slip, shard, rap. 
Well, here at the show, we are A, in that Target demo, and B, we don't really care what everyone else knows. So you know the deal. We ask this of everyone who comes on the show. Tell us something we don't know, something no one at our dinner party is going to know. Well, interviewers often ask me uh, for words that rhyme with other words, but interviewers never ask me about words that don't rhyme with anything. Like orange? Like orange, and in fact, there are three different colors in the English language that don't rhyme with anything. What? And they happen to be colors? Yeah, yeah. Orange is a a famous one, but also silver and purple. Although I was researching this because I am involved in rhyming professionally, and (laughs) there are two archaic words that rhyme with purple. Nurple. Nurple is actually a made-up word used to market some kind of purple beverage, I think. Do you want to know what the two archaic words are that rhyme with purple but of course uh one of them is herple it's a british word which means to walk lamely or hobble and then also we've got kerple uh that's c-u-r-p-l-e which is a scottish word and it refers to the hindquarters of a horse and you might find a herp a horse that was herpled in its kerple until its feet had grown purple <laughs> but now i'm just rhyming again it's like every interview Speaking of nerdy things, did we mention our new website? It's dinnerpartydownload.com. I hate your blog. You own a dog and you feed it. You post about it. I get to read it. Plus five paragraphs on the socks you bought and your thoughts on whether Nickel Rich is hot or not. Well, we've met our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we learn about food. It's autumn, which in my humble opinion is the best season for food. This is the time of year when chefs exchange their summer whites for those weird aprons with the jalapenos on them. But they also start cooking richer sauces and heavier meats to fatten us up for winter, as if that was really necessary. It certainly isn't in Brendan's case. He just returned from a trip to Martha's Vineyard a few pounds heavier, didn't you? True. Uh, That's thanks to a restaurant called Detente and an autumn recipe chef Kevin Kroll serves there. It's based on the island's fall crop, Bay Scallops. Bay scallop season opens this week. Bay scallops here in Nantucket are considered some of the best bay scallops in the world. Just incredible succulent treasures. Sweet, naturally sweet. So we try and offset that with a balance of tart. So we're thinking right now to um, get a bunch of apples and stew them down into an apple marmalade that would pair well with some local radishes. Should be shaved on top for a nice texture and some fried sage and brown butter and cold salad on top. So we'll have that contrast of tart to sweet and then we have cold hot so and it's a metaphor for this time of year where it's indian summer where you have the cold warm cold exactly exactly it works you know that's what i was going to ask you i know it's probably more of an art than a science but what are some of the flavor sensations that are part of the autumn palette i think for example say we're braising lamb we're uh, some lamb shanks in the oven right now the aromas of the cinnamon and allspice um clove that's fall. It smells like fall. I don't know. Maybe that's from a childhood memory of fireplaces and pine cones and all the combinations. I'd, but uh, I'd like it. <laughs> Works for me. I have to ask you about the name of your restaurant and why it's called Detente. My wife and I, we uh, wintered in Paris, and the name Detente kept coming up in some books we were reading. I liked the word, but I was so worried to use it because it does have, here it has such a political connotation to it. But in Paris, all our friends and friends of friends that they had, like, no, it means to chill out and relax. So we went with their interpretation, which I like. You well, know. When I opened my cafe called Mutual Assured Destruction, you and your wife are welcome to come by. <laughs> That's perfect. It has such a nice ring to it. And 
And that's the Dinner Party Download. Thanks, as always, to John Raby and Queen Kim. We have a regular segment on their show Off Ramp. Most recently, they featured my interview with Abigail Chapin of folk pop trio The Chapin Sisters. It's on their website. Go to kpcc.org and click Off Ramp. We leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to play on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. From 1944, it's Spike Jones and his City Slickers and their total decimation of the classic Cocktails for Two. Happy birthday, Dad. Bon appetit. Oh, what delight to be given the right to be carefree and gay once again. No longer slinking, respectably drinking like civilized ladies and men. No longer need we miss a charming scene like in some secluded rendezvous that overlooks the avenue with someone sharing a delight chat there's some bad cocktails for two as we enjoy a cigarette to some exquisite chansonnette Two hands are sure to slyly meet beneath a serviette with cocktails for two. My head may go reading, but my heart will be obedient with intoxicating kisses for the principal ingredient. Most any afternoon at five, we'll be so glad we're both alive. Then maybe fortune will complete the plan that all began with cocktails for two. Yeah.